This is Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Spreading like fist. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. Welcome to Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. This is episode 542. Make sure you check out all of our previous episodes on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, and of course, MarkingOut.com. Also subscribe on YouTube, youtube.com slash MarkingOut11. Check us out on ProWrestlingTees.com slash MarkingOut. Make sure you buy the brand new t-shirt up there. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and check us out on Instagram at MarkingOut11. Also, use the code REGARDLESS for 20% off for free shipping and handling at manscaped.com. Talk about a deal. I am one of your hosts, Dave, and I am also alongside here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? I'm doing awesome as always, and yourself? I'm doing good. What's what's the haps? Not much. How was your week? My week was uh it was a good week. You know, it is a good week. We had uh, a lot take place, I feel like. You know, we got the, the Islanders are doing good in the playoffs, which, They're, you they're know, doing well. Doing well, yes. <laughs> I guess we're going to find out how well they're doing later on. Do you they think are, it's going to be know, the, the Canadians versus the Islanders? Could be. But, yeah, so what did you do this week? Oh, well, I got some new T-shirts in the mail this week. I uh, I got, of course, the brand new retro marking out shirt available on ProWrestlingTees.com. ProWrestlingTees.com is marking out, of course. I got a shirt that says I'm a pineapple Dole Whip guy, which is obviously a parody on Paul Heyman's T-shirt. But I like having Disney shirts, and they don't really sell Disney shirts for me. And then mm-hmm. I got a, uh, a Make Marking Out Great Again T-shirt, which I've had... The design for since 2016 when Darren Young and Bob Backlund were were doing that gimmick and I just never purchased it and I was like, heck it, I'll do it now. I forgot that they were even a thing. Yeah. It was, yeah, it's you know? weird. You end up, I, I, I saw Bob Backlund on that A&E show and you, I'm watching it and I'm like, that guy is far out. Yeah, I mean, the Hall of Fame was something else to see him run through the stands he slipped at one point <laughs> but yeah, yeah and i would love for a hundred percent i say this before i say this all the time i'll say this again i want to see a hundred percent no joke bob Backlund versus roman reigns for the universal championship not a joke all right hundred percent see that i could see that you know put bob Backlund over why not and Backlund still, I mean, Backlund will still go. He'll put Reigns over, no problem. Do you think you could do that uh, thing that he did with the Iron Sheiks? Uh... Uh, no, and it's funny because I, <laughs> I had a uh, jug of iced tea, and I went and like tried to do it 
with that and it's even that's difficult to do so i don't think i could do the persian clubs the persian clubs that's yeah that's a bit intense a bit intense all right so you got some t-shirts do any cooking Uh, I did. I made some pasta salad, which isn't something I normally do, but my brother texted me saying make it for Father's Day as if it was like a signature dish of mine. I think Mm -hmm. I think I made macaroni salad like once ever before, but I never I don't think I've ever made pasta salad. That's for sure. Yeah. But I, I, I blanched broccoli. I branched uh, blanched snow peas, carrots. Mm-hmm. Carrots were, I think, the most difficult part of that because they all sunk to the bottom of the pot. But yeah. I diced up some uh, peppers, onions, made my own parsley vinaigrette, and it came out really good. Mm-hmm. There you and go. Then, That's... And then I went to my brother's house for Father's Day. He grilled up some steaks. It was an, a really nice day out. Mm-hmm. Just sat outside in the backyard and uh, hung out with a dog who kept trying to say hello to me or whatever. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You don't, uh, cause she's at that biting stage. Of, uh, puppy oh, yeah. Hood. No, Brandon, Brandon doesn't do touching. Well, so I, it's not even that. It's, it's like, I, I mean, if I, first of all, I'm, I'm less likely to want to pet a dog if I'm about to eat. Uh huh. So there's that factor, but she's at the biting stage. So it's not like I'm not, I'm not going to like give her the satisfaction. <laughs> yeah. No. Why? Why? But how was your your weekend? Good? Father's Day? Do anything? Yeah, it was good. You know, got to spend some time with my grandpa, um, which was always which was always very good, and really relaxing. You know, of course, I still worked on Saturday, but outside of that, still very relaxing. Took some time to myself. I do want to get down to the boardwalk uh, as soon as possible. So, hey, maybe uh. I'll find a somebody that wants to go to the boardwalk with me. I don't know who I would know that lives. There's uh, many on Long uh, many boardwalks on Long Island. Jones yeah. Beach, perhaps uh, Coney Island. Perhaps. Nah, I'll probably <laughs> go. To, I think I think this weekend I'll go to uh, Long Beach. Long Beach, another one. Yes. Yeah, I'll probably go over there. But yeah, the week was good. The weekend was good. Um, booked tickets to Chicago officially. Got Fantastic tickets band. to. Uh, Wrigley Field. Oh wow! A tour or actual baseball game? Uh, actual ball game. I do want to see their website says that they're not doing tours, but I hopefully with everything just, opening, they <laughs> you could just walk will, around yourself. Yeah, hopefully they will do a tour because I really think that it would be incredible to see a tour of Wrigley Field. You know what you I know, had no idea with. I, I saw a tour of uh, Tropicana Field. Uh huh. They have a touch tank for stingrays. Yeah, I've seen that before. The Thunderdome had stingrays in it. That's pretty insane. I mean, I'm sure the stingrays weren't there when WWE was there, but that's that's very true. So now, uh, what do you do? You remember Fenway Park all that much? Yeah, it was a dump. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I took enough pictures inside. I don't. There. First of all, I don't think I don't really don't think Fenway was a dump. It was just super old, and it was of really course. cool to see Fenway because that's it. Really is a super old baseball park. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And that's the thing, like why I want to see Wrigley Field so bad because of the the history that has taken place there, 
So I'm going to be there, go there Monday night game for them versus the Phillies. Mm. I'll actually be able to cheer for the Cubs because I cannot cheer for a team out of Philadelphia. I think um, Fenway is Fenway. I think the oldest. Uh, Fenway is the oldest, and then and then Wrigley. Wrigley. Yeah, and then <sighs> I Dodger Stadium. Um, that I don't know. I would say Dodger, but that was much newer. So I don't know. I I don't think there's many. I don't think yeah. there's any like older stadiums outside of Wrigley and Fenway. No, it's a rare breed to uh, have that kind of a historic stadium. But outside of that, I am looking forward to it. I can't even believe it's going to be next week. Oh uh, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it's already next week. I'm going to be out of here. When are you going? Wednesday night. No, but like I don't mean. Let me Google the date of Wednesday night. Is uh, the thirtieth? <laughs> no, so I'm leaving Friday. July fourth. Yeah, I'm leaving Friday. I'll be there through till Tuesday. I leave. You gonna jump so. into the the water over there, Chicago River? You know, I think I'm not gonna do that. I think I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna hold off on doing that one. But yeah, I take off on Friday, and I'll be there for the Fourth of July. I believe I'll be able to see all the fireworks at the, there's a, like a river walk. So I think right alongside the river, they light off a ton of fireworks. So I'll be able to catch that. Me and a bunch of my friends have an Airbnb. Um, And then that Monday night for the game, I'm going to, I'm staying an extra day. So then I took out a hotel to just uh, crash for the night. But, you know, it's going to be great. And I can't wait. But you should, uh, you should check out I... Pro Wrestling Tees. Yeah, maybe I'll stop over there. And be like, hey, how do we get on that uh, cover? The, page, the new you arrivals know? list. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How do we? I mean, we used to be one of the very few podcasts up there. We were like one of the first podcasts up there. I'm yet to find a T-shirt that I'm like, wow, I really want to buy that because I would wear that. There's a few of them. One time, man, one time I found one. It was a Hacksaw Jim Duggan t-shirt. I was like, yo, this is an awesome t-shirt. I want to buy this and wear this. It was uh, tie-dye, red, white, and blue. And it ended up being a mistake on the website, and they didn't have it in my size. And I was like, oh. How is it a mistake? Oh, that they didn't have the they, size? Yeah, they had they listed it as all the sizes, but it only went up to like 2X or something. Oh, that stinks. That's the that deal stinks. with most tie-dye t-shirts that uh most of them are just like 2XL. Mhm, mhm. most, so. I got gotcha. you. Well, I was excited to talk about Chicago, but something I am just as excited to talk about is Hell in a Cell this past weekend. Yeah, it opened up on the kickoff show. Bunch of uh bunch of errors for the Peacock app. Yeah, that's what I was seeing. Bunch of errors. But it opened up with Natalia picking up the victory over Mandy Rose, which was uh somewhat of a slow match, but I I really enjoyed this match. Mandy Rose used a really nice abdominal stretch that I don't know if we've seen other people use the way that the way she uh, put it on Natalia. 
Mm-hmm. So it's cool. Yeah. No, I I was a big fan of that. And, hey, I think that Mandy's going to do great things. It's just unfortunate Natalia got the victory. But it makes I read, sense. I read a review of a Mandy Rose match one time. And it said she hit a bunch of V-triggers, which is Kenny Omega's finisher. Uh-huh. And it's like, if it's not Kenny Omega in the match, why wouldn't you just say she hit a bunch of knees? Yeah. But yeah. Hell in a Cell kicks off with Bianca Belair picking up the victory over Bailey inside the Hell in a Cell to retain the SmackDown Women's Championship. A bunch of cool spots in this match. I think... Uh, as far as all the Hell in a Cells go, I think WWE hit four for four with uh, Friday, Sunday, and Monday. Not to jump ahead for Monday, but I like the the hair versus chair spot that Bailey and Bianca Belair did in this. We mm-hmm. saw Bailey do that bridging kendo stick spot again and took a spine buster through it. And the match ends with the, the kiss of death on the ladder. I thought that was a really I for me, I would say that was my favorite spot of the night was the the KOD on the ladder. I totally agree with you. I think that that the way that it fit the finish of that match was really entertaining and it easily set up for something in the future too, you know. You had Bianca Belair standing there in the ring while Bailey walked off as the loser. But I'm looking forward to seeing where this goes next. Yeah. Uh, next up, you had Seth Rollins pick up the victory over Cesaro. Um, we saw Seth Rollins this... jump Cesaro during the entrance, which was, I think, yeah. a nice callback to earlier on in this feud. Yeah, I yeah, they love that ramp attack. Um, it was a really solid match. What do you think about Cesaro picking up the loss? Well, Cesaro did have the victory at WrestleMania. He wrestled Seth Rollins on SmackDown. I so I'm I'm fine with Seth Rollins having that victory over Cesaro. And it was a quick roll so up to end the match, so that makes me think that there's definitely going to be more. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was when Cesaro was going for that sharpshooter again, and then boom. Yeah, I, rolled I up. hope this. I hope they keep it going. Cesaro might. Make get the victory somehow, but something tells me that they won't be continuing this. Why? What's something? Uh, well, the internet rumors of a SummerSlam opponent for Seth Rollins. I don't know. Maybe Money in the Bank will see the the end of this. All right. So who's the rumor? It's Edge, apparently. No. Apparently. Yeah. Well, that and it makes sense to me because, well, for me, it makes sense. Uh, due to the Royal Rumble, we went into WrestleMania huh. 2000, uh, WrestleMania 1236, thinking we were probably going to get Edge versus Seth Rollins. I think due to that mm-hmm. Royal Rumble, huh? And then it ended up being Randy Orton. That's so interesting. I'm, I would definitely look forward to that match. Yeah. Although, who knows? Right now, due to SmackDown, not to jump ahead. After that, we saw Alexa Bliss pick up the victory over Shayna Baszler. We hadn't seen Shayna Baszler since uh, that moment on Monday Night Raw with Lily. And this was quite the interesting match. A lot of eye contact in this. 
a lot of eye contact. She was trying to get into the minds of everyone. And well, we did I was... see her get into the mind of Nia Jax, put her in a trance, and slap, uh, make her slap uh, Reginald. She even did like a yell, like she let out that yell, and then Nia Jax replicated that yell at the same exact moment. Yeah, very doinkish. Okay. At WrestleMania 9, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so. And this, honestly, this match didn't really go how I thought it would. And I figured Alexa Bliss would win, but I, like, because we had not seen Shayna Baszler, I thought maybe there was potential of her being Lily or, or her something. being, yeah, possessed or something. And that just wasn't it. That didn't happen. And a lot of people... Watch this match and they're like, I'm done, blah, blah, blah. But I enjoyed this. I like this gimmick. I like the character. I like everything that's happening with this. It's yeah. different. It's something so different. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think that um, I, it, the match itself, it doesn't bother me because Alexa Bliss, I'm a fan of this angle. Same thing with involving Shayna Baszler. I think it's really interesting and it's really a lot of fun. And the... Expect the unexpected aspect of this storyline is what I think I like the most because you don't know what Alexa Bliss is going to do next. Right. But next up, you had Sami Zayn pick up the victory over Kevin Owens. Um, Which, yeah, I mean, Kevin Owens had some trouble breathing during this due to the Nigerian nail from SmackDown. So that was, I liked that tie-in. That's very true. I I did like that aspect because usually we rant so often about how a wrestler doesn't play out their injury, such as something that Charlotte Flair would normally do. And so seeing uh, Kevin Owens play up that injury, the effects of it, that was pretty cool. It was a pretty stiff match. I mean, these two know each other and have been wrestling each other for years, so I guess they can get that stiff with each other. Sami Zayn ended up bleeding from the mouth. Um, yeah. And I overall, I enjoyed this match. I just, again, I, it's like, how many times do we get to see Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens? It's like cyclical and it's already happened a bunch in WWE. Unfortunately, I feel like no matter what they do, because we've done Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn so many times, it's always going to feel that way. Even if they wait a few months and then put them back together as a match, it's going to feel that cyclical, like you mentioned. But I, I like the match, so mm-hmm. it's just, did we need it? Yeah. After um, this, we saw Charlotte pick up the victory over Rhea Ripley via disqualification to retain, uh, for Ripley to retain the Raw Women's Championship. Before we talk about the actual match, I thought Flair was dressed as Maleficent. But because she didn't have the horns, I thought maybe she was the evil queen from Snow White, and I tweeted that out. And then she posted a picture online later with the horns. So I was kind of disappointed oh, in myself for like not sticking with Maleficent. And I should mm-hmm. have known 100% regardless, too, because uh, she had feathers on her on her cape. But All right. I would not have noticed any of that. Well, because you start to think last time she had Cruella, so uh, figured maybe so this time is going to be another the... evil, a Disney heel or something like that. Maybe maybe, next uh, maybe one she'll day be she'll like have... Ursula. 
but I don't know how you could really you outside could just of replicate having, the like, color tentacles. scheme. Yeah, but that's pretty similar to. Well, I mean, it's pretty similar to Maleficent. True. Maybe evil she'll queen. just have a bunch of arms coming out of her. Yeah. The evil queen is also I mean, black and purple, but she's got red incorporated. Hmm. Maybe we'll see an all pink one with uh, a Lotso. But I probably Dang. not because it seems like she's sticking with queens. Yeah, I think Even she's though, sticking I mean, with the Cruella's queen. Even though, I mean, Cruella is not a queen, but. Yeah, but. You know. And I don't know, is Maleficent a queen? I don't know if she is. I don't know. Not too sure. But, uh, but as far as the match yeah, goes, so... I have to say I think this was the best Andrade elbow that we've seen Flair hit. Yeah, I I agree with you. I, I'm a big fan of that Andrade elbow, too. I mean, I'm a big fan of Andrade doing it, but... And I, it's, yeah. a, it's a super unique thing for Charlotte to do. Obviously, nobody else is doing it. It's just not Andrade. Yeah, it's not. It doesn't have that same speed aspect. Yeah, I mean, it's it's all down does to timing. Make, so like, the more and more she does it, the better and better it'll look. Yeah, I. Agree. It's definitely about timing because when he does it, it is smooth. It's thoughtless, you know, like it's thoughtless when he does it. But like you said, the more times that she does it, the more it's going to come naturally. The end of this but match, next... though. Huh? Not nah, the end. Of, I'm not a big fan of this. The Rhea Ripley threw the the top of the commentary table at at Charlotte, which got her the disqualification. I don't now, know how that. Did... Yeah, uh, why did Ripley have to go that for makes... the DQ? But even but what what of that what that doesn't in what world is that a DQ? Well, I mean, it's a weapon. They have never, from my recollection, ever disqualified somebody from doing that. If you use that as a weapon in No Mercy or whatever video game, you're out. Well, I don't remember ever seeing them do that on television. But they brawled after the match, and I honestly don't need to see this continue because I still think this match should have been Nikki Cross and Asuka involved as well with the way that they built it up for the storyline. Well, talking about building up her storylines with Nikki Cross, we'll definitely get to that one. Yeah, but the main event of Hell in a Cell, we saw Bobby Lashley retain the WWE Championship, picking up the victory over Drew McIntyre in that last chance Hell in a Cell match. Super physical match. Uh, I like the, uh, the hurt lock into the table spot that they did. Yeah, that was a really cool spot. MVP, we saw uh, get into the Hell in a Cell, break up the pin. McIntyre takes him out, and he ended up at the end holding Drew McIntyre's leg, and Bobby Lashley won with a quick roll-up. I don't know what to think about it. It's definitely one of those things where, like, it happened, and you're just like, wait, is it over? You know, like it was just an unsatisfying ending to this match. Yeah, and then it's like, oh my god, Brock's coming or the Fiend's coming. <laughs> yeah, that did not happen. Yeah, then none of that takes place at all. But overall, I thought the the matches were decent for Hell in a Cell. I was just super. I don't know. I felt like I felt as if I was watching just Monday Night Raw. 
It felt like a task to get through. Um, yeah, I can see what you're saying. I don't know. I, for me, it had a Hell in a Cell vibe. It had a pay-per-view vibe to it. I'm just, but I'm done with the red s- cell. I'm done with every, I don't know. Yeah, but, and yeah. again, this is the last, uh, the last pay-per-view without fans. Hopefully let's knock on some wood for that. And, uh, the next pay-per-view July, uh, almost a month away is money in the bank. So that's an exciting thing to have. Yeah, that's very true. But, you know, as you mentioned with fans, hopefully very soon we'll have fans at this next thing. And let's talk about some Monday night raw. Monday night nitro VIP lounge opens the show new day cuts it off and Kofi Kingston challenges Bobby Lashley for the WWE championship at money in the bank since he doesn't have an opponent and Bobby Lashley accepted but he also challenged Xavier Woods to a match on Monday Night Raw and Xavier Woods accepts that under the rules of hell in a cell Super random. Super random, but very cool aspect. That, you know? again, the, the, you think, you hear the, the rumors or whatever that um, United States of America network, USA network, was super pissed <laughs> off that Fox got to have a Hell in a Cell match. So that's probably why they had that on Raw. Well, then also I saw Peacock Network was upset that they removed Rey Mysterio versus Roman Reigns in a Hell in a Cell from the pay-per-view as well. Hmm. So it seems like all the networks are just upset that one gets one, but they don't get the other. Who's going to be pissed next that they're not getting the Hell in a Cell on main event? It's very possible, but what's interesting is um, Bobby Lashley becomes the f- first and only wrestler in WWE history to wrestle back-to-back Hell in a Cell matches. Well, consecutive nights. Consecutive, yes, consecutive nights. I mean, cool little fact, but a fact that, like, I it would never... I can't even see it being done in the future. Or if it does, it's not going to be every single year, you know? Yeah, I mean, there. I don't really don't think there's a need for that. Yeah, I. I, agree. I, I mean, there. Well, there's really not a need to have back to backs, even. Uh huh. But I, like, I agree. With you. If you if you look at the the history of Hell in a Cell matches, the last one that was actually on Monday Night Raw was 1998. That was Mankind versus Kane, which ended in that no contest. But the one that actually took place during a raw event was 2011 was for the WWE championship. John Cena, Del Rio, Dolph Ziggler, Swagger, and CM Punk was a, uh, a raw dark match. Imagine going to Monday night raw and they're like, Oh, by the way, it's a hell in a cell. That'd be crazy, right? That'd be awesome too. I wish that they did. It was, uh, it was a super quick match. I think it was like under five minutes, maybe, which is stupid. That's the one thing with the dark match, though, is like you're never going to see a 20 minute dark match. Uh, I don't know. I feel like we've seen some lengthy dark matches before. You think? 
Yeah, I would say probably. I don't know. That's I think I feel like that's I feel like that's something that I really miss during this COVID era is like hearing about dark matches. When it's randomly uh D'Lo Brown pops up for a dark match and you're like, What? And we're just <laughs> there for it. And then you're like, Oh snap. <laughs> yeah. D'Lo Brown, I think he faced uh, I think it was Connor at that uh Monday Night Raw that we went to in August two thousand seven. I wouldn't even remember. Uh, we also saw it was uh, Saturday night's main event. I remember that. That was like Batista and Booker T. Something like that against, uh, or no, I don't know. It was Umaga and Kali a team? Or... Wait. I kind of remember like Booker T and Batista with like a contract signing. Mm, I don't know about that. The main thing I remember from Saturday night's main event is Vince McMahon looking for his illegitimate child. And also, Holyfield. Yeah, Holyfield versus Matt Hardy. I don't remember the uh, Vince McMahon stuff. Yeah, that was uh, the whole thing circled centered around that. And Steve Austin was there. I don't remember. But... I think it took place on that Monday Night Raw where he went up to Cody Rhodes. He goes, "I know who my father is." In a backstage gimmick. But I think uh, if if Peacock is pissed off or whatever that, that Fox and, and USA Network got a Saturday Night's Made event, maybe we can get a, a Saturday Night's Made event on... Did I say Saturday Night's Made event? I meant Hell in yeah. a Cell. Yeah. They, yeah. they got Hell in a Cell matches. Maybe we can get a Saturday Night's Made event on NBC. And that'll go right maybe. to Peacock. That's very possible, but... Something that we have upcoming is Money in the Bank. So, of course, we have our qualifying matches. And I have to say, these qualifying matches that they had on Monday Night Raw, I was a huge fan of this lineup. This this lineup for Monday Night Raw really got me into wanting to watch it and not turn away. But it kicked off with Ricochet picking up the victory over AJ Styles to qualify. There was um, a, a backstage segment with AJ Styles and Amos beforehand with the Viking Raiders. So the Viking Raiders showed up and they took Amos out during the match. But I just feel like AJ Styles shouldn't have been in this match. Um, So I'm okay with AJ being in this match because I'm a fan of AJ versus Ricochet. And the thing is, we've seen people um, like John Morrison. I believe he competed in solo matches for titles while being with The Miz and... You know, you sometimes have a tag team where even if it's... I mean, look at the women's division, I believe. Uh, you had Asuka as a tag team champion, and then she's going for other championships or vice versa. Yeah. So I was totally much, fine with Much AJ times Styles I've being... complained about that. Of course. but You've also complained of... about it. Yeah, but I'm, I was a fan of AJ being involved in this. And I actually... I didn't expect him to automatically lose. I, I was. That... I thought for sure it was going to be Ricochet going into that Money in the Bank match. I don't know what yeah, made I me think that, I... but I thought it was like a no-brainer. Apparently, nobody else thought that. <laughs> yeah, I I did not expect that. I didn't think of it. But then once Roar, uh, War Raiders came out, I was just like, oh, okay. Gotcha. Viking Raiders? Viking Raiders. I knew when I said that, that didn't sound right. I was like, wait a minute. Did I say the wrong name? <laughs> but after that we had a tag team match to qualify this is something i didn't like the fact that the women were in tag team matches that made no sense i agree why didn't why weren't one of the men matches in a tag team 
Yeah, but we had Naomi and Asuka pick up the victory over Eva Marie. And, uh, I mean, we'll say Piper Niven to qualify for the Money in the Bank. Before the match, though, we saw Eva Marie interviewed backstage. And just as Piper Niven was going to say her name, Eva cuts her off and says, Dewdrop. So it is official that that is what the name is, but we don't even understand. Like, this duo, Eva Marie tags out right away. Dewdrop was about to do a move on the, the, the middle rope, and Eva tags her out, covers Naomi, and when Naomi kicks out, she goes to tag out. Dewdrop got annoyed and refused to tag back into the match yeah she did drop so Eva Marie gets pinned by Naomi in a roll up and Naomi and Asuka go on to qualify for that money in the bank ladder match and I thought for sure it was about to be Eva Marie going to that I agree with you I think that I think that the smart booking would have been Eva Marie going into that because uh, it's one of those things where fans do not want to see her succeed they hate her so much. So, if you have her in the Money in the Bank briefcase match, every time she climbs that ladder, the fans are going to be on the edge of their seat hoping that she doesn't complete this. So, especially more so than any other wrestler on the roster. So, I really think that I'm disappointed in that. But I also love the fact that we have story on Dewdrop now. You know, we heard that name and we were like, everybody's getting down on it. Yeah, there was, it was definitely a that? relief on Monday when Eva Marie cut her off for that. Yeah, and I'm sure that even still, there's still a lot of fans on the internet that are upset and annoyed and this and that. But once that took place, me and Brandon were just like, oh, okay, this makes sense now. Now let's see how this story plays out. And I think it's going to play out perfectly fine. Like, I don't know if next week we're going to see her be like, my name is Piper Niven. I don't know if it's going to happen next week or the week after, but you know at some point, well, now we know that she is Piper Niven. It's just Eva Marie is not acknowledging her as Piper Niven. But again, I I mean, she she left Eva there, so I don't know. Again, I don't know where that storyline is going to go to. Yeah, and and you also don't know Piper and Evan's stuff right now. Like it's like I don't know if she's a fangirl or what. not getting fangirl at all. Well, what are you getting from her then? Like why? Like Just the way a, that she's acting, a badass. No, 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 that is not it. When she was backstage with her, and she was like all giddy and excited, even on that debut where she's like hanging on Eva Marie, and she's just like. Rolling her eyes at her. I don't know. To me, like, it's just still it's still badass. I I don't know. I don't see it as badass. I see that overly excited, eager kind of kind of a um, uh, Nikki kind of a deal. But hey, let's see what happens. Um, also, we've been huge uh, hopers that Eva Marie would win the Money in the Bank. So there's still time for that, but if not this match, then here's to Raw Rumble. 
I know a lot I'm of people are it. still, a lot of people are like, oh, Eva Marie doesn't deserve to be here. Get over it. <laughs> yeah, deal with it. After that, we had Adam Pierce and Sonya Deville call Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair out. Rhea Ripley comes out and said that she was only doing what Flair would do. And then Sonya Deville makes the match for Money in the Bank, I believe after Charlotte's suggestion. Or another match for the championship between these two. So much for Nikki Cross getting that title shot. Yeah, about that. It made no sense. I agree. After that, we saw Tamina and Natalia being interviewed backstage while Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke were training in the ring making noise. And then the champions went to, uh, they spoke to them, told them to stop, and they were like, you told us to do this. And then they went to jump into the ring and Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke kicked them. They got the better of them. So I liked I liked that segment. I hope that Mandy and, and Dana Brooke do pick up the victory for the tag team championships. I feel like Dana Brooke is overdue. And Mandy. Yeah. They both are overdue. And Dana Brooke has improved a ton. And you know, I, I used to dislike her a lot. And you were saying how she was improving, improving, improving. I'm just not paying attention to the product. And now that I'm paying attention to the product, she's doing great. The only place that uh, really comes up short for me is the theme song. Terrible theme song. Her theme song before was totally fine. Yeah. I, her her theme song was one of the best theme songs in WWE. Then they changed yeah. it. It sucked. And then she got into a tag team with Mandy Rose, and their, te- their tag team theme song sucks. Yeah. After this, we yeah. saw John Morrison pick up the victory over Randy Orton to qualify for the Money in the Bank match. We saw The Miz shoot Orton with a drip stick. And Johnny Drip Drip tried to take advantage there, but Randy Orton was able to kick out. Then we see Riddle make his way down to the ring. Chase Miz on a scooter. Super slow speed chase. Miz in his wheelchair. <laughs> And that's when John Morrison was able to take advantage of that and eventually hit Starship Pain to pick up that victory and move on to Hell in a, uh, Hell in a Cell, to Money in the Bank, and hopefully win that contract. Yeah, it was a huge... It ended up being a distraction towards Randy Orton. And because of the distraction, Jomo was able to pick up that victory. Yeah. You know, but next up you had Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross pick up the victory over Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax to qualify for the Money in the Bank briefcase matchup. But before this, you Hold had on. Nikki Hold on, Cross. wait. Yeah. Alexa Bliss has a new theme song. Let's get that out of the way first. Okay. Which I don't like. I like the the phrases and stuff that's in it. Uh-huh. But the theme song overall, I to me, just doesn't fit Alexa Bliss. I feel like I have to listen to it again. But now on to Nikki Cross. Yeah. She's backstage. The zoom in on her eyes. And she's wearing a, a mask. And then they zoom out as she's doing the promo. And she's talking about how she's feeling empowered and this and that. After picking up those victories. And she's in a superhero outfit. My first instinct was Luchadora. But my first instinct was the Hurricane. 
Yeah, uh, Nikki Cross apparently came up with this character and pitched it herself. I, I don't really get it, but it's just one. It's week one. You know what? <laughs> if if that's the truth, because uh, you saw Twitter, everybody was yeah, saying, "Yeah, hundred percent." And I saw and I saw Killian Dane tweeted out he's super proud of her that she came up with it. Nikki Cross tweeted out that she came up with it. So I now just all those don't people that get it though. But all those people that were crapping on the gimmick and saying, yeah, and saying Vince and WWE for it. Exactly. She Everybody's better, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody dumb. was so quick to blame Vince and how awful this is, how awful this is. And then it comes out that, um, actually it was, it was my idea. You know, I'm, I'm wondering how quickly everybody's going to change their tune about that. I am I open to will. it. I'm open to it. You know, every. We don't have a gimmick like the hurricane or some. I, I, I just don't get it. Mighty Molly trended on Monday because of this. Yeah, it's very Mighty Molly-ish. Let's see what happens. Why not? Her other gimmicks weren't doing it, uh... or at least it wasn't. weren't being allowed to do it. Yeah, it wasn't. I don't think she was being utilized properly. But as far as the match goes, Nia Jax ends up kind of backing out of the match. Alexa Bliss almost made Reginald slap Nia Jax, and then uh, Nikki Cross ends up getting that victory. No title shot for Nikki. Seems like that's uh, pretty evident. Yeah. Very annoying with that part. I don't even know if they made mention on commentary about Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss being a team. Oh, uh, actually, yes. they, They definitely, I think they definitely did. I feel like I like okay. have it drilled into my head that I heard Bliss cross applesauce on Monday. Uh yeah, it didn't stand out to me, but I thought you were yeah. gonna say that they didn't mention the her technically being number one contender. Well, I mean, should be her supposed. But... I, if I'm not mistaken, was she not supposed to get the the next match of the champion? I don't think I could so. swear that's how it was supposed to go. In all those promos that led to literally now nothing. Yeah, we'd have to check the tape on that one. After but that, next match up you was, had backstage. You can't even check tape though. What are you going to go back and see? You'll see that that we're correct, and then they're they're not even running with it. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Well, backstage up next, you had a ton of commotion taking place as you had Jinder Mahal, Cedric Alexander. Jeff Hardy and Sheamus all arguing about how they're not included in this in a qualifying match. Well, it was and a little. It was of, kind of funny though, because uh, Sheamus ends up kind of running away from it because it was Adam Pierce was like, "Oh, you're cleared to defend the title." Yeah, he was just like, "Oh, so with your broken nose, <laughs> since you're doing okay, you can wrestle tonight, then, right?" And then he kind of cowers out of it, but. I like how Cedric Alexander and Jeff Hardy were going back and forth, and Jeff was just like, how about this old-timer or veteran picking up the victory over you last week? And Jinder Mahal. Jinder Mahal, I wish he was in a qualifying match because out of all four of these wrestlers, he is the one that I want to see in that matchup so bad. But who knows? Maybe he will be. He did say, hey, if by any chance one of these wrestlers don't make it to Money in the Bank, Keep me in mind. Yeah, and with that, the next qualifier, we saw Riddle pick up the victory over Drew McIntyre. 
um, which, by the way, was their first uh, one-on-one match, I believe, in WWE. And I think huh. fourth overall. Oh, yeah. They had a few that evolve, right? Evolve and just evolve, I think. I think just evolve. <laughs> yeah. And those those matches, from what I remember, were really good, too. Yeah. But McIntyre super beat up from Hell in a Cell. Great selling from McIntyre. Orton and his comes back. Out. Yeah, dude. That uh, Those kendo stick shots, man. Yeah. But Randy Orton came out to watch this, and we saw Riddle during this reverse the, the Claymore with the bro mission. We saw Riddle roll him up to also a quick little roll up to, to get in that match. And I enjoyed this match. I like that Matt Riddle made it and Randy Orton didn't. And Randy Orton was kind of annoyed with Riddle after the match. Yeah. But we have Very happy with that. We have a last chance qualifying match next week on Monday Night Raw between Randy Orton, Drew McIntyre, and um, AJ Styles. That's when I would like to see Indus Sheer, I forget what they're going by now, step in and beat him up. Beat him up. Beat McIntyre up, perhaps. Jinder hops into that spot, and then boom. He's the money in the bank holder, unless it's John Morrison. Never know. After that, though, we saw Jackson Riker whipping himself backstage. And Mansoor yeah. cuts it off to ask for advice. And Riker said, never let your enemy escape. And it sets up Elias versus Jackson Riker in a strap match next week for some reason. <laughs> yeah. I I didn't really get like, the gist of that either. Like I don't know if it's like I don't know if it's WWE doing this because um I think let's see WWE is that Yeah, okay. So the next week on Monday Night Raw maybe they're doing that because the week after that I believe AEW has a strap match. Cody Rhodes versus QT Marshall. I don't know if that's why they're doing it. Huh. But, I mean, I also don't think that they should be doing a strap match in AEW because they just had Nick Camarado versus Dustin Rhodes in a uh, Texas bull, rap, bull, uh, bull Rope match. Same style of match. Same feud. Mm-hmm. Like, that to me doesn't make sense either, but... I really don't understand Jackson Riker versus Elias in a strap match. But after that, we saw Mustafa Ali yell at Mansoor about the money in the bank. And 100%, I think it should have been Ricochet versus Mustafa Ali. I don't think it should have been AJ Styles. I wouldn't have wanted that because I'd rather have Mustafa Ali have his own qualifying match and win like i would love to see ricochet and mustafa ali both uh in this money in the bank qualifying match uh not qualifying in the match itself it's a shame that there there maybe he they should have also been included in that backstage segment Mm Hmm. but the main event we saw bobby lashley defeat xavier woods inside the hell in a cell 
both uh you you made that stat before with Lashley doing the only back-to-back nights. Uh-huh. This is Bobby Lashley's second Hell in a Cell. This was Xavier Woods' second Hell in a Cell. And I thought it was a good match. I like Um Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I thought that this this was a good match and it was um not even a surprise of a good match, but it was just entertaining and it was fun. I feel I think like the Hell in a Cell aspect really added it to added to it for me. Like if it hadn't been there, I don't know if I would have enjoyed it as much as I did. Uh huh. The one thing that I was missing from this was Big E. Like I feel like Big E should have been at that like there for this. But like even Big though it e doesn't SmackDown. Exactly, it doesn't mesh any well. But when I was watching, I was just like, huh. I feel like I I don't know. I just wanted to see Big E there. He was there for the last one. Kofi Kingston has yet to be in a Hell in a Cell match. Huh. Interesting. But after the match ended, we saw Lashley continue the attack on Xavier Woods. MVP ran in, locked the uh, the cell, and it's like, oh my God, Brock Lesnar is gonna break open the door and return, or the Fiend's gonna come out from under the ring. And then it just ended. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm I'm fine with that because we still will get Bobby Lashley most likely versus Kofi Kingston 100% for the WWE Championship at Money in the Bank. And then yeah. after that, that's when Brock Lesnar could come back. He's the one that beat Kofi Kingston for the WWE Championship the last time. He can come in, slip right into the, the Lashley feud, and boom. Go straight to SummerSlam. He'll see him at SummerSlam. I don't know about that. I... I... I don't know if, if it's I can not see... if it's not Lesnar, then it has to be Fiend. There, there's nobody else for for Lashley there. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, another thing with McIntyre getting the the Money in the Bank match, so stupid that commentary has to then explain that oh McIntyre because of that Hell in a Cell stipulation of it being the last chance at Bobby Lashley. They have to then cover up the tracks and be like, oh, well, if if Drew McIntyre wins, he has a whole year to cash in, or he could just go to SmackDown. That's not what the the Money in the Bank contract does. No. Cash in whenever you If you were going to have to try to cover something up, don't have him in that match. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cash in whenever you want. That's how it should be, and that's that's how they should be playing it up. It's like, oh, he has to wait for Bobby what? Lashley to maybe lose the championship? What if Bobby Lashley stays champion? Then he has no other choice but to either lose the case or go to SmackDown or what I would love is NXT. Uh-huh. Because, of course, I'm always all for elevating the this, the NXT brand. Yeah. I, Somebody's like, I, I have the NXT briefcase, or not the NXT briefcase, the Money in the Bank briefcase. <laughs> I'm cashing in on you. I think that's great. It's like the Raw Rumble. That would be exciting. I mean, that would be really exciting if they did something like that. But, as you made mention too with NXT, let's talk about WWE NXT this week. Yeah, Adam Cole. Off, yeah, Adam Cole. with a, a, I like this promo. Yeah, he was like, I'm not picking my opponent. Even though Re- William Regal told me to, I'm not picking it. He doesn't care about Samoa Joe. And just as Adam Cole was going to walk away from this, Carmelo Hayes comes out, gets in Adam Cole's face. 
and drops the ruthless aggression line. Did you pop for that? I did pop for it, and I knew it was coming too. As soon as he like <laughs> said the way he set it up, I was like, "Oh hell yeah, he's gonna say ruthless aggression." <laughs> yeah, and it was he was awesome. just like, "I think it goes a little something like this," and then he slaps him, and then that that just kicked off their match. I thought that this was a great match. Yeah, we saw him make his debut earlier this month against Kushida in a super awesome match. And this, like you said, was a really good match too. The fans, during his entrance, who are you, Chance? And they went from who are you to cheering for Carmelo Hayes. So hopefully he gets used more and more as opposed to the last time we saw him was the beginning of June. Now it's like three weeks later. Almost. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we see more of him because this was another good match out of him. But I twist, we saw yeah. we saw William Regal speak with Adam Cole later on and told him just not to provoke Samoa Joe. Again, teasing a what? bunch of matches with Samoa Joe this week. That's for sure. At some point, I there's no way that Joe is not going to wrestle. I don't know. He's going to wrestle. I don't know. But we saw an L.A. Knight promo about dropping Ted DiBiase last week and how Cameron Grimes cares more about Ted DiBiase than he does the Million Dollar Championship. And then when we saw Cameron Grimes pull up to the WWE Performance Center, Ari Sterling questions if Million Dollar Man was in a nursing home. And then Cameron Grimes dropped him. So I think we'll probably get that match next week on NXT. But after that, we saw the way Johnny Gargano and Austin Theory, Johnny basically calling out, uh, calling that, calling out that there needs to be a new champion since there's new management. And of course he suggests himself as the next champion, which has Pete Dunn and, and Oni Lorcan come out. And Pete Dunn was like, you're stupid. If you think you're the number one contender. And Johnny Gargano's like, I, you know what? I don't want to, I don't want confrontation. I'm going to uphold to what's what William Regal asked for with Samoa Joe. And I'm going to walk away. Just walking away. And Johnny Gargano walks away before anything could happen. Although Austin Theory got his fingers twisted by uh, by Pete Dunne. Johnny just didn't want chaos. I'll... But he, he they approached William Regal later on about uh, Pete Dunne and Oni Larkin. And Regal set up a tag match there. I, I, I love the pairing of the way. I think that this... I like it because it's also getting Johnny Gargano away from... Uh, the, any, any of that, like the title scene, the big title scene, maybe I'd rather see him in theory, just go with the tag team route and just stick as a tag team. I love that. They're the matching attire, the, the high five, everything like that. I think that I would love a tag team run with them. Yeah. We'll see what, uh, what happens with that. But after that, we had another loading vignette. 30%, 41%, finally 51%. So perhaps in two weeks we'll find out if it's Matt Hardy. Is anybody else annoyed at the way that this battery is charging? I mean, last week it went from, what? It went from 15 and then a commercial break and stuff, and then it came back to 16. But 
this episode, it went from all the way from 30 to 51. Hmm. Any rumors on who this is yet? I'm no. I I don't even I couldn't even fathom a guess. Well, I mean, you you said last week um Tegan Knox. Yeah, Tegan Knox. I don't know who else would do that, but next up, you had Zoe Stark teaming with EO uh to pickle the victor over the Robert Stone brand. EO and Zoe Eo playing well with her tag team partner, picking up a victory. Yeah, uh, Robert Stonebrand took defeat here. We saw the way come out and watch this match. I wish more happened in the match, but I still enjoyed it. Yeah. I think the, the major thing was the aftermath with Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai showing up, saying that the tag team titles are theirs. And then Shotzi uh, Blackheart and Ember Moon came out and they were like, those titles are ours. We beat you guys for it. We should be number one contenders. And it led to everybody brawling. But to me, it didn't make sense. It, it led to Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon fighting with Io Shirai and not Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and also vice versa. But um, Samoa Joe gets this broken up and the way ended up leaving. And Samoa Joe, he stepped it up. Usually, we would see William Regal get overwhelmed by everything that's taking place. But he, right away, he called in that security backup. He got in the ring. And he was ready to lay lay out those blows if he had to. You know? On the women? <laughs> I don't know yeah, about that. you know, don't put it past Samoa Joe. He's a monster. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> next week on NXT, we will have a number one contenders match uh, between those three teams to see who will face the way for those titles. I'm um, excited for that match. Yeah, but I think because Great American Bash is two weeks away or less than two weeks away, perhaps now. I feel like it's definitely not New York, and they're just teasing me with that crown. Hmm. It's upsetting. It's very possible. Very possible. But next up, you had the way picked up the victory over for the brand. If, of course, they're even still using that name. I don't uh, I don't think they are. Uh-huh. I liked Wade Barrett pointing out that Oni Lorcan had not actually lost the tag team championship. So there is still claim for him. Even though I don't understand why Pete Dunn wasn't somebody to step in there. Cause they're like, they were a stable when Danny Birch got mm-hmm. injured. Yeah. I mean, Pat McAfee disappeared. He went to SmackDown eventually. That's true. But after this Very match, carrying cross laid out Johnny Gargano. And then we saw Samoa Joe approach Karrion Cross backstage, and Karrion Cross reminded him that unless he's provoked, he can't do a thing. And Pete Dunne again showed up just to stare Samoa Joe down. Could Karrion Cross be getting bullied off the brand? Huh. I never looked at it that way. I always thought of it as Samoa Joe versus Cross, but. I don't think that's we're going to see Samoa Joe wrestle. That's an interesting... It's just those teasing. And we see, like, Samoa... Like, he gets in Samoa Joe's face enough times, it's just like, you know what? You're done. That's it. You're done. Mm-hmm. Nah. But who knows? Well, now, next up, you had... Yeah. Yeah, you had Frankie Monet pick up the victory over Electra Lopez. 
formerly Carissa Rivera, who uh, was part of the February class of signings, second-generation wrestler. And uh, it was really just a, a showcase match for Frankie Monet, her second premiere. Yeah, uh, not really much to take away from this match. No, it's just basically it's that just... Carissa Rivera has a new name and Frankie Monet is here. Yep, agreed. After that, we saw Bronson Reed interviewed about Santos Escobar, which would, which gets cut off by Hit Row. And they also included Everize in their words, which then they show a video clip from earlier in the day of Everize going to spray paint Hit Row's car. Top Dollar was in the car and told them that the masks don't really work when your name's on your shirt. And it leads into the match. Hit Row, Top Dollar, and Ashanti the Adonis picked up the victory over Everize, which I think we all probably knew how this was going to go. But it was yes, still nice to see Everize have a little spotlight in this. I was a huge fan of Hit Row. I think that their promos are awesome. Um, and even that that finisher, the I, I don't know what it's called. The hit squad or something, but the power bomb into I think it was a neck breaker. Yeah, that was a uh, a little of, bit kind of stiff, stiff, you know. But I I think that that finisher looks awesome. I feel like any double team finisher that incorporates a power bomb is, is cool. But I think that this this entire core, this group of four, I'm excited to see more. And I just rhymed way too much. <laughs> You did. But after that, uh, Mercedes Martinez was being interviewed and was informed that she has a mixed tag match against Zia Lee and Boa next week where she was just like, what? This doesn't make sense. And she was, she's like, I don't, I don't have a partner. And Zia Lee attacks Mercedes Martinez and Boa gets in Mercedes Martinez's face when she's down and Jake Atlas randomly makes the save. So now Mercedes Martinez is a face. Which is weird. And next week we're going to see, see Jake Atlas and Mercedes Martinez versus Zia Lee and Boa. Should be interesting. Kind of, I Should mean. Should be interesting. But Zia Lee better pick up that victory. I uh, I don't know. I could see Boa losing here. I don't know. This just this match doesn't make sense to me. I don't Boa's know. We'll, see. Like, we'll see what happens there. I don't know. What has Boa done? Uh, really? Nothing. And I'll... But next up, you had the main event of the evening. Kyle O'Reilly picked up the victory over Kushida. Wow. Really good technical match here. What an awesome match. There's, you know, there's so much that you can say about this match. That Just like you said, the technicality of this match and the skill set, the submissions, the fast pace. There was so many... Um, the apron spot. There are so many cool spots of this match. And I think the biggest takeaway that made this match fun was the diamond mine aspect where you knew they were going to appear on television. They, you knew because they, they I wouldn't say we week. knew we have gotten things said by WWE in the past. And that didn't, uh, didn't necessarily happen. Let me, uh, remind you of earlier in the show when we spoke about Nikki cross, Getting the championship match that never came to, but okay, yeah, was true, there was an aspect true. of well, maybe was... maybe they forgot about Diamond Mine. 
I don't know. I I was just excited. Like, I mean, I was I was in a class at that point, and I was just like, you know what? I have to see real quick what's going to happen because there's five minutes left. Something is going to have to happen. Something's got to happen. And then, um, it got to the point, and it delivered perfectly. I thought. Yeah, and uh, I mean, well, first of all, it ended with like the quick roll up pin. But in this sense, I feel like I was okay with it. Yeah. Uh, and I would definitely... I I would have loved to have seen this match for the NXT Championship at a takeover. Kyle O'Reilly could main event. Yeah, Kushida sure. could main event. It was just such a good match. They both showed respect afterwards, which I thought was cool to see. And we get almost... Immediately after the respect, Adam Cole comes out and attacks Kyle O'Reilly. Kushida did not go and help Kyle O'Reilly. And Adam Cole and and, uh, Kyle O'Reilly gets broken up. Samoa Joe is out there. Pulls everybody into the back or whatever. And then we get a, a, a hooded figure who almost instantly, I'm like, oh my God, it's Roderick Strong. We should have known from the start. (laughs) <laughs> attacks Kushida and it turns out Diamond Mine is Roderick Strong Tyler Rust who I hope has a new finisher uh, Hideki Suzuki who signed to the Performance Center as a coach did not think we'd see him at all and then Malcolm Bivens who was managing Tyler Rust so I am I'm super pumped for for more Diamond Mind. I'm happy that Roderick Strong appears to be the leader of this new stable. Yeah, Malcolm Bivens as the the mic piece. I I think that this is awesome. This was a great way to end it. And I I am definitely going to be watching next week to see what happens next with them. I um well, yeah, I guess I mean it, it appears that it'll have to be against Kyle O'Reilly. No, I mean not Kyle O'Reilly, Kushida. And it seems like maybe Roderick Strong is going after the Cruiserweight Championship. I say so. I think that's going to probably be the pay-per-view match, no? Well, I mean, we don't know when there's going to be a pay-per-view, so it doesn't necessarily have to be on a pay-per-view. But, or yeah, takeover. true, true. But overall, true. really good episode of NXT. Moving over to NXT UK. It opened up with Mark Coffey picking up the victory over Shaw Samuels. Uh, almost unbelievable, but this is Mark Coffey's first singles victory in NXT UK, but I guess it's really not that unbelievable because he's typically in a tag match with Gallus. After that, we saw Stevie Turner pick up the victory over Laura DiMatteo. It was nice to hear Hana Kimura mentioned during this. She was, uh, former partners with Stevie. Um... She used the Oblivion to pick up the victory, and I'm not sure if she was using this before Liv Morgan or if that this is where Liv Morgan got it from. I don't recall, but I liked this match. I don't know if they were... I think they were calling it Stevie Turner's debut, but I also believe she's had one other match in NXT UK, but maybe this is her official debut since signing. I'm not sure. After that, T.O. Man picked up the victory over Oliver Carter. This match I really enjoyed. Kind of expected Oliver Carter to win this, but I guess with the storyline that's been going on and Ashton Smith not being there, the victory for T.O. Man makes sense. 
And after the match, Teal Man locked in that crossface again. And Rohan Raja made the, the save at first. And then Teal Man points to his eye. And Raja beats Carter up. So I don't know if there's like a trance there or if uh, if that's just like they're in a group now together. And uh, Raja's now a heel. Main event saw Ilya Dragunov pick up the victory over Rampage Brown and Joe Coffey. Really good match. I think everybody should check this one out. Um, very hard hitting. I like that German suplex spot that they did. But Ilya Dragunov won with the Torpedo Moscow from the middle rope. And I think it's cool that he picked up the victory here because he's the one that inserted himself into this feud of sorts. After this match, Walter came out and slapped him and choked him out. So I can only assume we're going to be getting Walter versus Ilya Dragunov for the NXT UK Championship a second time. And I'm definitely looking forward to that. Before I move on to SmackDown, I think I should mention main event this past week. We had Bronson Reed, the, the NXT North American Champion, pick up the victory over Drew Gulak. And then the NXT champion, Karrion Cross picked up the victory over Shelton Benjamin. Scarlett wasn't with him. And I'm not really sure how these non-NXT debuts make sense. Like, I don't know. I don't even know what to call it. It's not a... I don't think it's a debut. But to me, it makes NXT look inferior to Raw and SmackDown here. Especially the the championships here. I'm not sure if they'd have Roman Reigns or Bobby Lashley on main event. And this kind of reminds me of when they randomly had Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano, and a few others come to Raw and SmackDown and then like almost immediately stop that. I'm just not sure why this took place. But if it means Bronson Reed and Karrion Cross are coming up to the main rosters, the main rosters as in Raw and SmackDown soon, I, I mean, I'm all for that, of course. I just, I thought this was a bit weird. But moving over to SmackDown, we see Jimmy Uso approach Roman Reigns backstage. Roman asked him where Jay was, and Jimmy's like, he's not showing up. And Jimmy was said that he could step up in in Jay's place. And Roman Reigns told him to prove it. Later on, Jimmy asked Paul Heyman what Roman Reigns wanted him to do to prove it. And Paul said you could start with a match, a victory. So Paul Heyman went and set that up. After that, we saw Bianca Belair cut a promo, basically just saying she's still champion. Seth Rollins came out to celebrate this victory, but also... Um, Uh, his victory as well and Bianca Belair wasn't too impressed with that and Bailey cut this off and Bianca Belair challenged her to get into the ring which she did and it led to Bianca Belair knocking Bailey down Seth Rollins held her back which distracted her and got Bailey the upper hand Cesaro ran down fought with Seth Rollins and then we saw Bailey yell at Cesaro and Bianca Belair used Cesaro to knock Bailey down. After that, we had uh, maybe not a mixed match challenge, but Bailey and Seth Rollins teamed up to pick up, pick up the victory over Bianca Belair and Cesaro. It was a good match. I didn't like the ending, though. 
Seth Rollins bumps Bianca Belair when she was about to hit the KOD. Belair falls down, gets kneed in the face, and then gets hit with that rose plant to lose the match. I was kind of hoping there'd be more interactions between uh, the men and women in this, but overall, I I would I wouldn't mind seeing more of this. After that, we had a coronation ceremony for Shinsuke Nakamura, which, I mean, it was pretty much just a time waster, but I didn't mind this at all. Baron Corbin was interviewed afterwards backstage about losing the crown last week, and he looked like he was about to cry. He's like, what's the point even of anything anymore? So we'll see what happens next with him. Maybe he'll go to NXT. I think that'd be a cool thing for, for him to go back to NXT and and do something there that he had not done when he was originally there in the start. Big E picked up the victory over Apollo Crews to, to qualify for the Money in the Bank ladder match. I like their matches, but I just want this feud to end. When is it going to end? We saw Commander Aziz get involved and the referee tosses him from ringside. Cruz tried to take advantage of that, and Big E ends up hitting that big ending to pick up the victory. So hopefully that's the end of Big E and Apollo Cruz. It doesn't seem like that, though. And speaking of uh, things not being done, Sami Zayn was interviewed, and Caleb Braxton said that next week he's going to be facing Kevin Owens to qualify for the Money in the Bank match. And Sami Callahan... Uh, Sammy Callahan, Sammy Zayn questions Adam Pierce why he has to qualify when he already defeated Kevin Owens at Hell in a Cell. And Adam Pierce is just like, you have to. I happen to agree with Sammy Zayn here, but Adam Pierce makes it a last man standing match against Sammy Zayn. I don't understand why. Conspiracies, who knows? After that, Sonya Deville was out to choose the SmackDown competitors for the women's Money in the Bank match, which to me makes no sense. The women of Monday Night Raw had tag team matches to qualify, which we spoke about earlier. Not not understanding that. SmackDown, you just get handed out. But when you look at the roster, there's really only three women not in the title picture. And Carmella was announced as the first competitor in the the match for the SmackDown side of things. It gets interrupted by Liv Morgan. Liv slaps Carmella in the face. Sonya Deville said if Liv thinks she deserves it, then beat Carmella. Liv Morgan picks up that victory over Carmella. We come back from commercial. It's already almost a six count outside of the ring, which I thought was stupid. But Liv hits the oblivion in this match. Carmella gets her leg up on the rope. The match continues, and Liv Morgan eventually reversed the stratosphere with a sunset flip to pick up the victory there. I thought this was to qualify, but commentary made it seem like she still has to prove herself. I don't know what the deal is there, but we also saw Natalia and Tamina watching this match on the television. I would hope that they're not in this match due to the fact that they're the tag team champions. I just don't think that's necessary. I feel like you don't need to intertwine the two divisions right now. We saw Jimmy Uso pick up the victory over Dolph Ziggler. Uh, I thought it was a really nice zigzag onto the uh, the steel steps outside. And Jimmy kept going. Eventually hits the super kick, wins the match. I totally expected Jimmy Uso to lose this match, given that Paul Heyman earlier in the night said, win or else. 
But that didn't happen. And we cut to the backstage area. Roman Reigns is there with Paul Heyman watching the match. Jimmy walks through. Roman Reigns doesn't really say anything to him and goes out for his segment. And Paul Heyman stops Jimmy Uso from going out with them. Earlier in the night, though, we saw Seth Rollins speak to Adam Pearce and Sonya Deville about Roman's State of the Universal Championship address and said that he wants to be the next challenger. He said nobody in WWE right now deserves it more than him. But we see Roman Reigns come out. Paul Heyman lists off all the people that Roman Reigns defeated and said in less than a year, he's wiped out the whole division. Edge came out, returned to WWE. We have not seen him in quite some time. He uh, brawled with Roman Reigns. Jimmy Uso tried to make the save. But Edge came out on top of that, speared him through the barricade. And uh, I don't know. I thought for sure we were going to see Seth Rollins attack Edge after that. But perhaps that's going to be next week. Um, Something else that took place this week. (sighs) Releases, unfortunately. Arya Davari, who's basically been booked on 205 Live uh, for months now, even having a match on Friday. Tony Nese, him and Davari really have been running 205 Live. And we're such fans of Tony Nese, we followed him for a good portion of his career. Given that he's a local guy, I truly believe that he's one of the best wrestlers that I've ever seen. Um, so hopefully he lands somewhere. I'd love to see Alex Reynolds versus Tony Nese again uh, on TV, pref- preferably. Brizongo. Very puzzling. They just returned to NXT defeating Imperium last week looking for a tag team title shot. I don't even think I could begin to say how disappointed I am that they that they got released. Two of the best wrestlers, I think, in that company. Gimmick-wise, they were super over. Fashion Files, one of my favorite things that I've ever seen in WWE. So it's a shame that they are no longer part of WWE, but hopefully... They will also go to another company and and excel. The Singh brothers are on that list as well. They've been entertaining since the first time we've seen them in WWE. They've definitely helped. Uh, I, I, I would say they elevated Jinder Mahal's WWE championship run. Uh, Kurt Stallion, currently injured. I know Dave and I really liked his work when we saw him at Evolve. Same goes for Anthony Green, who now August Gray, he was he was released, booked on 205 Live, same night. Tweeted uh, earlier in the day that uh, it turned into a loser leaves town match. So it's good that he has a sense of humor about it at least, but it's very unfortunate. I would like to see Anthony Green over in Impact, maybe do something with Tennille. I know she's with Caleb, with a K, but... I think they'd be a fun pairing. Marina Shafir is also on that match. I think perhaps she should have been part of Diamond Mine. I don't know why she wasn't. Arturo Arturo Ruas was also on that list. Um, He is somebody, I think he might be injured as well right now, but I think I he could be somebody get like, like Ty Conti to get scooped up from AEW and do well. Because I think what he's done, that what we've seen from him at least, has been really entertaining. 
And Everize was on that list. One of the most charismatic tag teams in WWE right now. They were just used on NXT this past week. This is super unfortunate. I'm a huge fan of Everize. I will say that every single time I see them. 3.0, whatever you want to call them. I'm looking forward to wherever they'll be next. Killian Dane also got released. That It just makes no sense to me. Him and Drake Maverick were also another very entertaining tag team. I hope we get some sort of reunion now that he's released with Alexander Wolf in another company. I think they're too good to not be in a, a big company. And then Tino Sabatelli was the, the last person released. He was released in April 2020, had like a month or so, uh, maybe a month in AEW, and then he returned to WWE in October and really hadn't done anything in WWE. But it's very unfortunate that everyone here got released. I really do hope we see a bunch of them. In other companies. So. Going to take a quick break now. Hear a word from our sponsor. Over at Manscaped. And we'll be right back. Here on Marking Out. Support for Marking Out. Is brought to you by Manscaped. Who are the best in men's below the waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools. For your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments. To provide you the best tools. For your grooming experience. Look. I mean, I've done it, Dave's done it, Brandon's never done it. You're down there, you, sh- you know, shave it up, making sure everything looks clean and fresh, and you get a nick, you get a little cutsky there, and it stinks. It's no, it, it's no fun whatsoever. So that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. It's the ball hair trimmer equivalent of Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker at WrestleMania 25. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. Because we all know that Brandon's gonna need it. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower. So that way, you don't make a mess all over your bathroom. The one coolest feature is the LED light which illuminates grooming areas for a closer, more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet shrug technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. So that way, I can charge my lawnmower 3.0, my camera batteries, and my phone all on the same shelf. Huzzah! If you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Trim that junk of yours and get 20% off and free shipping with the code REGARDLESS, that's one for this uh, read, at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code REGARDLESS, that's two for this read, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code REGARDLESS. That's three for this read. And folks, if you want your boomer sooner to be fruity, delicious, fruity, fruity, delicious, fruity, delicious, well, then use the code REGARDLESS to get 20% off and free shipping. That's now four for this read. Don't forget to sauce it. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Marking Out episode 542. Check out manscaped.com. Use the code regardless. Get yourself 20% off and free shipping. Get the brand new lawnmower 4.0. And use that code regardless. Get yourself 20% off and free shipping. 
Uh, I'm going to move over to Impact Wrestling now. It opens up with Don Callis and Kenny Omega arriving to the Impact Zone. And security informed that Don Callis was no longer on the list. After that, Rosemary picked up the victory over Kiara Hogan. We saw Tasha Steeles get involved a little bit and Havoc came down to even out the odds. And uh, I guess Havoc and Rosemary are now going to be officially a tag team. And I think that's good because Impact needs more tag teams for that women's division. After that, Tommy Dreamer was interviewed about the termination of Don Callis, and he said that it needed to happen. Scott Demore cut this off and thanked Tommy Dreamer. And, I mean, he took the long road of, uh, of getting there. But he got there. And Scott basically said that he's good by himself, and Tommy said that Anthem assigned him as the consultant who will be staying there to watch things. And then later on, Don Callis tried to convince Tommy Dreamer to have a fight, his team versus the Elite, in a six-man tag. And then even later on, we saw Tommy Dreamer talking to Sammy Callahan about joining the team. He, yes, he said yes. Moose also walked up to them and was like, I'm in. I really don't understand why this match is taking place, but it was later confirmed that Chris Sabin was also... On the team, he's the third partner, and they all have uh, storylines with each other. So, obviously, we saw what Moose and Chris Sabin happened last week with them. Uh, and then, after that, we saw Deanna Perrazzo pick up the victory over Susan. Good match. Deanna Perrazzo eventually made Susan tap out. She locked the uh, the Venus de Milo on Susan afterwards, and Kimberly broke that up. And Perrazzo's like, I'm done. I'm done with both of you. So, I don't know. I mean, I I don't know. I guess it seems like the face, ti- face turn is for Kimberly and Susan. Although, I'm all for Deanna Perrazzo being a face or a heel. It doesn't really matter to me. It's just as long as she's a, a wrestler on my television every week. After that, Rohit Raju and Shira picked up the victory over Petey Williams and Trey Miguel. Ace Austin and Madman Fulton made their way ringside, and P.D. Williams got distracted from that. Rohit was able to take advantage to get the victory there. After the match, Shira, Rohit Raju, Ace Austin, and Madman Fulton attacked them after the match. Josh Alexander came out to make the save, but it did not last. And then Chris Bay, who uh, they're, they're saying, you need to pick a side, you need to pick a side. Came out, just uh, took selfies and videoed everything that was going on. He didn't pick a side. Rachel Ellering, we see call her, uh, call Jordan Grace out to the ring. Jordan then yelled at Rachel. I was confused by this segment a bit. Jazz came out to try to talk sense into both of them. Rachel's like, I want to tag. Jordan's like, I just need time. I don't know what I'm going to do. Then Tennille came out and said that Rachel's just embarrassing herself because things are clearly not working out between her and Jordan Grace. And then Rachel was like, there's no chance of them ever teaming. And Rachel challenged Tennille to a match. Tennille goes to attack her, but she took her out. Jazz takes out Caleb. And I actually, I do want to see Tennille and Rachel Ellering as a tag team if they're not going to give Tennille the knockouts championship. Hopefully we get to see Tennille as a knockouts champion pretty soon. 
We see Jake something pick up the victory over Sam Beal. Brian tosses, uh, Brian Myers tosses a chair into the ring. Jake tosses it back out. Huge black hole slam to pick up the victory there. Brian told Sam Beal not to blame himself for the loss. And in fact, he blamed Jake something for being unprofessional and bringing a steel chair into the match. And Brian Myers told Sam Beal to do the exact opposite of what Jake something does. So he's essentially just telling him to cheat. Main event saw Violent by Design pick up the victory over Eddie Edwards and Kojima to retain the Impact Tag Team Championships. It was a good match, but I found myself not really invested in it for some reason. But that was Impact Wrestling. AEW, of course, was on Saturday, so there's no way we're going to be covering that. And last week's episode, it was just completely goofed. I couldn't watch it. So that was unfortunate. But, uh, hey, Brandon, got any shout-outs? Hey there, pal, it's me, Mickey Mouse, and you're listening to Brandon's Shout-Outs. Conan gets the first shout-out because after ten and a half years, he ended his run on TBS this week, which it sucks because, like, I'm such a fan of the show and Conan in general. But it was really, it was it was nice the last two weeks of the show had fans again, like a whole audience. So that was really cool to, to see. And there were guests that he uh, requested to have. So most of them, I don't even think were there like promoting anything. Even, I mean, he had Seth Rogen on and they both, they ended up, all three of them, him, Andy and Seth ended up smoking a marijuana joint. <laughs> on tv and conan goes like this is how you know like you don't care about anything anymore like you're you're ending the show or whatever not you don't care but he was saying he doesn't smoke pot and when he's done it 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 really hasn't had uh, the greatest effects on him so he asked seth maybe he had a suggestion for him seth just goes right into his pocket and hands it to him (laughs) <laughs> so I thought that that was funny, but I was lucky enough to see the show live twice in 2016 and 2017 when it was at the Apollo Theater. And uh, it's rumored, I guess, that after this run of his talk show, he'll continue to do uh, Conan Without Borders on TBS sporadically, I guess. With with uh, COVID, we haven't had one. I don't think, but uh, apparently he's going to be doing a weekly variety show for HBO Max. So that's pretty cool. I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what's next with Conan. And uh, yeah, it sucks that his show is ending because, I mean, we've seen Late Night with Conan O'Brien. We briefly had The Tonight Show with Conan O'Brien. And then it's like it's just it's crazy that it's over 10 years since this show on TBS took place. Mm hmm. And it's a damn shame that Jungle Boy was never a guest to promote AEW. You would think, Sister Networks, they'd have a, an AEW superstar on Dan House. Yeah, and somebody only... who's not even in the company had more spotlight with Conan than AEW. Yeah. Might have been, it was a podcast, but which was that was also really cool to see. But all in all, thank you to Conan O'Brien. Thank you to Andy Richter for all the years of entertainment. If uh, that is truly the last time we'll see them together as a team, I don't know. Maybe we'll get a, uh, another Conan tour out of this. Maybe, hopefully. 
But the next shout out goes to Pixar's Luca, which is Pixar's brand new movie. It's out on Disney Plus about a sea monster. And when they're on land, they can turn into humans or they take the form of humans. But if they get wet, their sea monster skin shows and everything. And it's set oh. in Italy, apparently sometime between the 50s and 60s, which f- did not click at all while I was watching the movie until I read it. And I'm like, oh, well, yeah, that makes sense now. But it's ultimately about childhood mm-hmm. friendships and uh, it just made me want to go to Italy. I, I feel like that's something I always want to go to or a place I always want to go to. Yeah, and I, I, I saw, did you catch any of the... Uh... Hidden uh, Easter eggs when you first watched? No, I'm sitting there listening out for John Ratzenberger. I uh, don't know if he's in it. It's like It could be like a, a Pixar soul situation where he's just represented physically rather than vocally. Mm-hmm. But after the fact, I saw people post the Easter eggs. I, I was looking out for the Pizza Planet truck, as I always do. Did not see that. And, I missed the um, Pizza Planet planet when i was uh, reading through them yeah there was instead of the classic pizza planet truck that we're used to it was a little um i forget what it's called uh still somewhat like a i don't know what it's like a not a tractor but a little tiny car because they're in italy in the 50s and 60s so they didn't have that sort of truck back in the day Uh uh-huh maybe even still i don't know but because they're like yeah i saw i saw like the the ball the Pixar yeah, ball, the... um, and then what is it? The the room that the room number that's in every movie. Yeah, A one thirteen. Yeah, A one thirteen. Yeah. So check out Pixar's Luca on Disney Plus. And the last shout out was is going to Red Taylor's version. Last week, Taylor Swift announced that uh, this is. This is the next album she's dropping. The next re-recorded album is Red. The whole Swift fan base online, man, they're causing me to have like a, I don't know, like not not a heart attack, nervous energy of sorts. They're like, oh, 1989 is going to be next. Because we had the the preview of one of the songs because it's in a, a movie trailer from 1989. But then she went ahead and announced Red. And uh, it'll have 30 songs on it. And she, at the end of the post, said that one of the songs is going to be 10 minutes. So if you're a Swifty, you probably already know that it's all too well. That was like originally the the original length of that song. And the original song contained uh, some foul language, I believe. No. Yeah, I believe maybe an F-bomb or so. We didn't, uh, we did not have foul language until new, like the new Taylor Swift albums. Evermore and folklore, so uh, it'd be in, it's gonna be interesting to hear those songs. And then there's like other songs like "Babe" from Sugarland and um, "Better Man" from uh, Little Big Town, which were songs that she wrote meant for for Red. That'll probably end up on um, on this re-release. So that'll Very that'll cool. be cool. I definitely I'm I'm most looking forward to I think twenty two stay 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 and the lucky one. I'm so. just looking forward to this completely. And there and because I mean those two 
other songs that uh, Sugarland and and Little Big Town did. They're kind of country. This was her in between, like again, kind of like somewhat country and then somewhat not country. Mm hmm. So we'll get more country Taylor Swift out of this. There you go. But uh, those are my shout outs. Now it's time for our. That is right, our mark out moment of the week. Back in March, I had a mark out moment of the week where the internet, we saw a video randomly of Darius Rucker playing Wagon Wheel with Ric Flair. And now with the, the season finale of WWE's Most Wanted Treasures, everything fits into place. Because Darius Rucker was on Most Wanted Treasures this past weekend. Huh. So now we know why that video took place back in March. Apparently years ago he had purchased a uh, a Ric Flair robe at a charity auction. So they were contacting him to see if it was the the black Ric Flair robe because Ric Flair couldn't remember which robe he had donated to the auction. It ended up being a white robe. So uh this show seems pretty fake now, but <laughs> but it's very uh, I'm enjoyable. Still, a fan still. Of the show. yeah, I really like it. I don't care if it's fake at all, but yeah, I I still like the the setup and stuff. There's like a bunch of stuff, and it's like it just doesn't make sense. the The black mm-hmm. robe just mysteriously appears on a sold eBay auction while they're filming. Come on, that just doesn't doesn't yeah. work for me. But it's still cool nonetheless. But a non-wrestling-related markout moment, I definitely marked out the other week um, when they had E3. Sea of Thieves announced that they are doing a Pirates of the Caribbean tie-in now, and it came out this week. And I marked out because you could buy the dog with the keys in his mouth from the movie and the ride. If you're familiar with, I mean, Pirates of the Caribbean... So I'm pumped to play through this. I I played a little bit, and I'm like, I don't know if I could do this by myself. So definitely looking forward to more Sea of Thieves, but do you have any markout moments? Uh, No, no, no markout moment of the week for me. Well, then take us home. Well, thank you very much for listening. This is episode 542. We appreciate your support. Make sure that you check out all of the past episodes, marketon.com. Also, check us out on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Spotify Podcasts, all of that stuff. And make sure you buy a t-shirt, prowrestlingtees.com slash out. Don't forget to check us out on Twitter. Check us out on Facebook. Check us out on YouTube. Check us out on Instagram. And we'll see you next week. And we wish you the The best best of luck in your your future future endeavors. endeavors. Have a fantastic week.